Hey, what's going on, bro? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. What's going on? Cool, man. Let me let me welcome all of our uh, listeners, our millions of visitors and listeners. Real Wheel Radio Show, Late Bloomers University. This is your man, your boy, your brother from another mother, Richard Wilford. I got my main man on again, man. Super excited about this, to have friends and brothers over the years and over the distances and miles. My man, Damian Smith. What up, bro? Hey, what's going on? Wait, wait, I'm waiting for you to do your introduction of what's your, what's your title? You are the, the chancellor? I'm chancellor. I'm chancellor for late bloopers. Yes. Late bloopers. Yes, it's sir. Not, it's not when you bloom, it's if you bloom. And what this world considers in season and or nature. And then some of us, we don't bloom until later. It's okay if you don't bloom. What's most important is that you do bloom and recognize it to be a bloom, and then you go ahead on and do it, live it, make it, develop it, write it, build it. This the purpose of this episode is that we inspire, uplift, encourage, and set a fire and set somebody set somebody ablaze that they'll go ahead on and do it while you yet still have time. How about that? Yeah. Man, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. It sounds like it sounds like a lot, but actually, you know what? Like based off the conversations we've had over the years, I know it's doable in this time frame. So let's make it happen. It's, it's doable, man, and I think that's the thing. And I think it's the whole purpose of us connecting and getting together is to say to others who may not know. I recognize it all depends on who your crowd is, who you're yeah. around, who you listen to, who you can, who you are connected to. It dictates if you believe it or not, man. You know, some things you gotta see, you gotta experience for you to really believe and know that it's possible, man. And so I'm just glad God, with a few friends, man, who uh, have helped and forced, encouraged and lifted me and pushed me to believe that it's real. And not only that it's real, but it's real for me too. We right. see it in everybody else's life, man. But sometimes we never see it for ourselves, man. You know, I, I think what keeps us from seeing it for ourselves is, you know how that, that saying, you can't see the forest from the from the trees, through the trees? Yeah. However that right. saying goes, yeah. a lot of it goes back to what we're focusing on. You know, I can't see the win if I'm only focusing on the now. You know, I can't see the progress if I'm only focusing on this very moment right now. Because sometimes we get caught up in the tunnel vision of, well, I'm looking at my neighbor, looking at my friends, and they're over here. You know, Rich out in California doing this thing. Damien's in North Carolina doing this thing. Ben's down in Georgia doing this thing. But I don't see that type of progress. But then when you actually have conversations with those individuals, you'll find out it started in the mind. Mm -hmm. It literally started in the mind. We had to see ourselves in another place. And then we started making the motions to get things ready. Yes, sir. So you it's know, not something point. that, you know, uh -huh. it, the work is all, the work will always be present. You have to put in the work. And, you know, unfortunately we have so many individuals that are selling this genie in the bottle mentality or this genie in the bottle, like, oh, just rub this and you'll get the outcomes that you want in your life. And buy my book and you'll get the outcomes you want in your life. And it's like, no, it starts in your mind. You got to yes, see yourself there. I, I sure don't believe it's true. And then here's another part, man. I, I want to do a podcast. I don't think we're going to be able to cover it today. But I, think it, I think it deserves its own space and time, man. A podcast mm -hmm. where we talk about, I do not care where and how you start. It mm -hmm. does not matter, you know, where you started, where you were born, what inconveniences you were born in and raised. It does not matter. Kill that. I want to talk about that one day. This is, what, this is what I really want to talk about that today because I think it's worthy of that. Um, I want to talk about this idea, you know, just a little earlier. And I'll tell you all how we got here. Uh, I just reached out and, and we were talking and just kind of catching up with each other in conversation. And we were talking about, and he, and, he, and David started with saying uh, about he was speaking to some people in the office. Yeah. And and their response in just a hello, how you doing, pleasantries, uh, kicked off a whole different conversation, which threw me into this space and reminded me of something that I really wanted to get to, man. I spoke 
every now and then when you speak to people, you say, hey, how you doing? Good morning, good afternoon. And you get back what you get back. But the one that always kills me is the one when I say, hey man, how you doing? And they say, oh, I'm just living the dream. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. They say, well, you know, and they some people speak it with such convincibility. You know, they say it as if they truly believe it, man. But if they believe it, I am terribly concerned, man. If you if if I say, oh, I'm just living the dream, but you're looking, and you, <laughs> and what did you say to me? Destroyed. Like you, you say, you live in a dream. I'm like, you can you can dream better then. You can dream if this better. if this is all you dream, dream better. <laughs> because there's a difference between a dream and a nightmare, man. I'm saying, yeah. how can you you you're living within the dream, but yet I see everything that looks like a nightmare: ghouls, goblins. I see darkness. I see <laughs> horror. I see fear. I see struggle. I, you know, I see death. I see, and you say I'm living the dream, man. I am. I'm saying, if this is the dream, bro, I don't want it. Let's go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Is is this truly the dream? Are you truly living the dream? Then it really gets me, man. Now uh, you have people that are saying things just to hope. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we face of air with things that we don't mean. You know, it, it, it's almost like the person that everything you can think of, they got to come back for it. And instead right. of just saying, you know, it's okay to admit sometimes, you know, I'm not doing well. It's okay to say, hey, you know, it's a struggle today. But you can only, I, the thing is, you can only have those type of conversations when you're around real folks. And our job in life is to just be that, be real. What's wrong with that, man? What is wrong? And you know, I, I'm afraid sometimes. You know, I used to always be uncomfortable when I when I started going to things like a happy hour for the company. And you and I walk into a room and I see everybody kind of grouped up with glasses in their hand and everybody's talking. And from the outside looking in, man, it seems like the conversations are so interesting and so fruitful. And and you feel so, I used to feel so inadequate, like, will I have enough to say to even become a part of this conversation? But then when you get closer to, you get closer to the conversation, the conversation is about nothing. And most times it's one person who's holding the attention of everybody else being braggadocious about nothing. Well, I'm, like I was saying, as far as being real, we don't want to be vulnerable with one another. Not in that type of space. Those are like that's that's the the proving ground space right there, where it's like we we get together, we got to talk about what school we went to, you know, who bought a home, what what, the, what were our latest accomplishments. That's what we do in those spaces. And unfortunately, if we were to get real, it'd be tears. It'd be tears in that space. Yes. You know what, because, what I do love, though? Go ahead, go ahead, finish what you said. Because folks are going through. And, you know, I'm uncertain about my job. There are some days that I, I I wake up and I'm like, am I doing anything? Had a conversation. director was like, how am I doing? Because some days I don't see it, so I need to get a second set of eyes on it. So how am I doing? They yeah. give their feedback, and then you can process that feedback and say, okay, I'm going to attempt to do better. Or I'm in a good place. What can I do to maintain? But you can't yeah. do that when you're being fake. When you're you fake. know, and you know, you know when you're dealing with fake folks because you're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, their, their voice goes up a couple of octaves. Yeah. <laughs> you like, and you get that's that professional not conversation. Oh yeah, man. You know, and you can run it off. You can rattle it off. And one thing I said about California is I said, man, everybody has a story, man. It's almost yeah. like everybody has a memorized, memorized story, a, a memorized bio of who they are and how they got to where they are. And it's like it is so scripted, man. It, it, it turns me off. But what I wanted to say, man, but but here's the saving grace in it all. And hopefully the inspiration for somebody Here it is: three words. Just be yourself. Just, just be you, because the, the saving grace to me, even in those settings, man, 
if you stand there long enough, as you look around the room, you'll catch eyes with somebody who's shaking shaking their head like you. You know, they they may be over at the croissants at at the breakfast get together, and they they're standing over there. You know, they're standing over there by the hors d'oeuvres out the way. But that person, you you'll catch eyes with that person, and you all will somehow have a nonverbal conversation, see the same thing, either shake your head and laugh, and it'll develop. A, a space and a place for you all to have a real conversation. You find out there's two people in this whole doggone thing that's just real, you know? I said, man, this is about the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And a whole bunch of tap dancing and ballet dancing going on. And you, you know what I mean? I think I just wanted to say, you, it's just be real about who you are. Because- And that, that that's, that's one of the important parts of your circle. Me and my police circle. Even at work, transparency. Yeah, you have to surround yourself with folks that are real. Absolutely, honesty and transparency. I hope. I hope it's one thing that we accomplish, uh, even on this podcast. Man, you can get a whole hoopla and a bunch of a bunch of blah blah blah. Twelve ways to do this, fifty-two ways to do this. But I hope in the sentiments of this, in its genuine, in the in the most genuine of its form, that you get people who've done things, accomplished things. And we don't have to spend our time reciting that. My thing is trying right. to connect people who have done things, doing things, that we can go behind the scene, behind the velvet rope, and kind of just discuss, hey man, here's some difficulties and some struggles, and everything wasn't great. It wasn't always this way. Me and Ben was laughing. He said when he moved to Arizona, he said they had a, a, a they had a air mattress and they had a cooler. That was the only thing in the apartment. When you when you move, what it looked like? Man, that bare bones room <laughs> of an air mattress and luggage. That's all it was. Bro. It's like when I when I went to New York, uh, I refused at me about how long this was gonna last. I w- I did not purchase any living room furniture. Right. I had some uh, some like TV trays. Uh, air mattress in one room, an uh, actual bed in another room. I was utilizing the air mattress as a couch, but it was one of those things where I was like, I was trying to figure this thing out. Like, if this is going to be long term, how's man. it going to look? That's right. That, this is what I mean about being real, man. Everybody wants to paint this picture. Now, every cell, every now and then, you'll find somebody who moves into a brand new home, brand new five, six bedroom home, and they fully furnish it within the first month and have a uh, a housewarming, but yet the house is already warm with everything in it. Sometimes you find that every blue moon, yeah. man, but that's not the majority. The majority of people, man, the majority of people, the real people, man, need to be saying to other people, now listen, let me tell you, let me tell you, when I started, I never forget when I first, when I first got married, we moved into a bedroom, a house, uh, apartment, bro. We didn't have anything. And when we, when they finally extended us some credit, I had a, a little small black and white TV I got from my buddy. It hummed louder than the sound. We put it on the on a, we put it on one of the moving boxes and threw a sheet over the top of it. Put a catacony in the in the corner, and we called it our entertainment center, man. We got a water. Bed. Remember when water beds was out? We had a water bed. Yeah. <laughs> we got a water bed filled it up, and they extended us. They extended us enough. Um, credit to get uh, bunk beds and a lamp and a dining and a kitchen table. That's all we had, man. And we didn't even have a vehicle, man. I stayed 40 ways, 40 miles away from the base. We used to have to get up, either catch a ride or walk like two miles to the bus to catch the bus into into the post. But I'm just to say, man, it, it's small beginnings, but it helps when someone else is real about it then you don't have to be ashamed. Matter of fact, it becomes what we laugh about, honestly, right? Oh, I remember you were telling me uh, it was it was some millionaires and their conversations were when they got mm-hmm. together, they talked about the struggle. And right. here it is. We're talking about the fact that they prepared for themselves to be in a place where they could have abundance. Right. An abundance yeah. of resources. And now they're there and they talk about the struggle. That's what they talk about. Out of all that they could talk about, the two richest men in the world sit and have tea together. And the one thing they choose to talk about is when they were poor and shine shoes for five cents and collected bottles and stuff like that, man. 
because yeah. they, they are real and they can be so helpful. And I think that's all we want to do, man. But to the person who says, man, I'm living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really say, a nightmare. Dream. Can we come up with a dream? I mean, to me, a dream adds some fantasy, some life, some, it, it just can't be the dream. That's all I'm saying. If, if that's the dream, we in trouble. Well, the the pro- I think the problem that, that that really bothers you is when you have conversations with these individuals, you find out that they actually dream bigger than the moment that they're standing in. They settled. They were moving in life, and then they uh, yeah. settled for something that was not what they wanted to do. It's like, have you ever asked people the question, "Hey, when you were a child, what did you want to do when you grew up?" And they'll give you all kind of answers, and then you say, "Well, what happened?" Well, I went to school, and or I did this program, and. It's like, well, what, what made you give up on your dream so much to the point where now you're frustrated where you stand. You don't like where you are, but you settled. You're miserable. You're unhappy. You got a baby. You got married. Da, 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 you dropped out. Yeah, but you're unhappy. Like I said, you settled. And here's what's, what's so disappointing to me. With those very same people who know they gave up on their dreams and desires, what they do is they turn around and paint a picture and to make themselves feel better, better, they want to doubt and bash everybody else. As if, yeah. you know what I mean? Come on, Misery man. loves company. Misery loves company. Or, or like the individuals that talk others into doing, going the same pathway that they went. You know, now, you know, I'm making $10 now and, and I got to make it seem like I'm the way. Right. And I'm not. I'm really no, not. You're not, man. It's about dreaming, man. It's about dreaming. You can dream and you can paint a picture of where you want to be and what you like, where you like to live and what you like love to be doing. And then you can go after that, man. I think it's worthy of, when you say living the dream, man, I'm saying this is so far away from the dream. It can be scary for people to admit that, man. This is just, I mean, it just shows you what some people dream. I, I shared our, our I shared our previous podcast uh, with somebody and, and some of the feedback I've gotten has been, it's been interesting. It's been all over the place. For those that listen and they say, well, that's what worked for you. If, if that's the, if that's the only thing you get out of what we say, then I'm telling you, you listen with the wrong intent. Yeah. It's not about my way is the way it's just showing a person that there are options. It's just showing a person that, Hey, you know what? You might look at things this way. You might need to just adjust how you're looking at it. Right. So it's like in it, it's providing somebody hope in a situation where sometimes they, they just don't see the light. They don't even know they're in a tunnel. They Some folks are just out here walking in circles, trying to figure out what's my next? How do I get away from here? How did I get here? And a lot of it is just taking ownership of where you are. Right. Again, it's your life. It is to, up to you to figure out how to figure this thing out. And yeah. it's not going to happen if you stay in a prayer closet all day. I, I'm sorry. I've never seen a situation where God sent a whole lifestyle to somebody's front door. I will never forget at a friend and uh, she wanted a man. She wanted to, you know, she wanted to be married. The problem was she never left the house. And when we had that conversation, she realistically believed that God was going to send a man to her door. Yep. And I'm like, man, it's, sure. I, I hate to tell you this, but that's not how it works. You know, they say yeah. faith without works is dead. You got to be faithful and take some initial steps to get out there. You got to do the work part. The work part is discovery. The work part is is that you're encountering and experiencing things. It's trial and error. That's the part. And that's where the growth comes in, man. You know, that, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm living... I gotta keep saying it, man, because every time I hear it, just shocking. Well, I'm just living the dream, man. And brother, all I'm saying to somebody, man, all I guess I want to say to somebody, man, is you you get one life, you get one life, one shot at this life, man, and you don't have to just accept what what has been thrown at you and say you way. You do have a chance to dream, hope, and desire. God has placed within you some things that that are different than everybody else, man. You know, in, in this podcast, I also want to help 
somebody, you know, the weirdos, the, the outside the box thinkers, people that say, mm, you know, I'm a little different than everybody else. I feel forced to have to be like it. No, you don't think. Spend some time, with, you know, we, we're not different. I, I can say this, let me say this about you outside of It is obvious that Damian Smith is not the average person. But but when but when you when I hear you and your story, it's like I can tell you dream different. You you said I've never known anybody who said you know I, I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to pursue that and you know you know tell can, can you just share a little bit about your story, man? How you got to where you are and how what was quirk what was quirky, what was weird or outside the box for others, you found some peace in it. Did I ever ask you that question? When, when did you know Damien was different? Did I ask you that? I've, you add, you, I remember you sending me a text message about that a while back. Okay, okay. We never right. had the discussion on it. Um, right. For me, I knew I was different from a very young age. Like like you said, I, I wanted to do stand-up. And um, <laughs> what's funny is my, my family members, my cousins in, um, in particular, they were the ones that were grooming me for it. They were like such a funny person your yeah, delivery and everything like that right the thing was in my mind i was never funny i looked okay. at the greats you know the priors the the the, the murphy uh yeah. george carlin bill cosby you know i looked at those individuals as they were funny i right. was just you know like amusing but <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a difference between funny and amusing it's like mm, <laughs> yeah but um so in uh, that was the mid '90s. Actually, up to go out and and do some stuff on the local scene in Nashville, and I got to headline um, a show with the Omegas down on the General Jackson, which is a party bus. Okay. Um, okay. But the problem was for me, comedy could not pay the bills when you're a single parent. Not single parent, but a uh, father. At the time, I was married, and it was like, no, we had to have real income. You got a baby, right, right? So, you know, things take a turn, and you you follow life's pathway. And instead of having a plan, I was just living. So I'm bumping okay. along the way. But the one thing that I, I learned to do from a very young a young age was never turn down opportunities. Okay, okay. Every time an opportunity was presented, I went ahead and went with it. Because you never know what's on the other side of it. Man. And that's how I ended up getting into radio. Uh, um, uh, Ex-girlfriend of mine at the time, we were having a conversation if she was talking about potential. And like, hey, you know, what what did you always want to do when you were a kid? And I told her it was comedy and radio. Because I love Tom Joyner, uh, Doug Banks, Eddie yeah. B and Joe Bo, B96 in the Chicago area. Um, I love just, you know, that that... I looked at it like, man, these guys were doing great stuff and it, it kept people happy in a tense situation, whether you're driving home from work or driving to work. Yeah. That's a lot of power. It is. And I like that. And at the same time, the all these individuals that I just named, they were funny. So that's how I got into it. She was like, hey, well, did you ever look at the, uh, the career center? You know, the adult ed programs. Never knew anything about it. Got into it. And I looked at that opportunity you know, because when you get into there, you're not making no money. They allow you to set up sponsorships and everything like that once you're really in on that program. But for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to work this like a nine to five. Okay. And from it, it presented so many opportunities that when I started, I became a standalone DJ, started emceeing events. And, and that's where the comedy thing got to come into play with those because here it is. I could work the room. I knew how to, you know, work the conversation, timing and everything that goes into stand up. I just basically transferred that over into radio and, and doing MC and, and hosting events. Yeah. And it paid well. Yeah. It paid very well, mm-hmm. you know, and and so every so often they get to this place. We'll go. All right. I accomplished this. What's next? What's next? And that's the biggest thing of keeping something in front of you. This this lady. <laughs> showed some interest and she said but you don't have time for me and she didn't understand i don't have time to sit still and do nothing and wait for life to happen right so i just make sure that i have something coming up and something is always that all right what's my next this is wrapping up i see it you know i I stay in tune what's next yeah 
what's next? The, the one sweet part about it is the line that runs through all of it is you see people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think if you if you spend enough time in investigating and then talking to people who can be genuine, loving, and honest with you, you know. And and I think it's so worthy to say, man. That just some people you cannot. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Because there's some people, man, when they get, you know, they'll get close enough and, and you, they'll give you the opportunity to share something near and dear to you, close to your chest. And they'll take that opportunity, man, to kill your spirit, man. You yeah. know, and, and that's why you need somebody that's going to be open, honest, true, not je jealous. And you cannot have friends who are jealous and envious of you. You cannot. You have to pe have people who wish you well and the best for you and are not envious of you and not mad because you're prospering and they are not, you know? I, you, know you say that in, in my mind, I'm thinking, but at the same time, you need to be able to prepare for the alternative. Yeah. You, you need okay. to prepare for the, the dream killers, prepare for the folks that are gonna tell you, ah, you're all right. You you need to prepare for the people that are not gonna support you. That's That's a big one right there because some of the people you think will support you are the ones that will not be there. And it's okay. Again, yeah. it's your life. So you got to claim this thing and make the most of it for yourself. That's right. It's not, you know, you think in a crowd and a group of people and a, a band of people are going to be there at the finish line celebrating and cheering you on. And in reality, most of not all the people who claim when they crossed the finish line, man, the crowd was not there, man. You know? So, so but to understand that, that, that whole process as well, man. Man, I just hope somebody would uh, dream bigger, man. D dream bigger. You can. There's some people who, and and you know, there was a story of uh, uh, a kid in school, and she would not, she could not sit still for some reason. And the teachers began to complain and call the parents and say, "This kid won't sit still. She just won't sit still." And they said, "We're going to expel her, you know, or something. She needs some medication, some Ritalin, or something because she doesn't." And come to find out, when the parent, parent and I think the superintendent came, and they were standing outside the class, and the class had windows so they could see inside. And the teacher was like, "Well, look at it." And the superintendent said, "No, you know what this kid needs? This kid needs to be in a performing arts school." Right. And they took the kid out of out of the public school to put him in a performance arts school, and that lady went on to create the Cats, the uh, stage show Cats. And okay. some other stage shows. She went on to do that, but if right. you know, but if if they would have never, if somebody would not have ever recognized it, that which is authentic about you can be seen as a problem, man. Just like your ability to talk, and you know, somebody who talks a lot, somebody who moves a lot, somebody who dreams a lot, you know, somebody who draws a lot or reads a lot. Generally, people, you know, point that out as a fault or something wrong, an extrovert. But it's right. those very things, man, when that become signs that you can own that. You, all I'm saying is, you're that way for a reason. You know, it's embracing. I'm, you got to embrace who you are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a thing person, man. I'm not a put together thing kind of person. I am. I am, and I've always been a people person. When I look back, I've always been people, man. I've just always been anything I've ever done, rather it's been the military and leadership uh, for 10 years, rather it's been pastoring 20 years, preaching and management, and you name it, it's always been about people, man. And so you know, you you find your, you, you, you won't do good to be in a basement uh, doing uh, maintenance in the basement of a, a hotel with steam pipes <laughs> and in a cubicle in a corner by yourself because you're not that kind of person. Yeah. No. You know, you got to find out who you are. What's, you know, what, what shapes you? What 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 inspires you? These, these are questions that you got to spend time asking. What do I like? What do I enjoy? What do I? It, it's clear, man. This podcast for me, I love it. I love it, man. I am excited about it. It gives me a chance to talk. It gives me a chance to interview people like yourself who are interesting and inspirational. It helps me because I can help 
kind of get out of the box of myself because you know I look at you man so I'm I'm a studier of people man I said man I don't have what Damien has I I need to kind of get that together man you will talk to anybody in any place you you <laughs> walk in a place huh go ahead what you say you know it's funny that you say that um I forced myself I literally forced myself I was at a a, a conference this past week in um Phoenix okay and I make it a point to to like make sure that I every day I go out I touch base with so many people in the room okay I make it a point to if I see somebody I don't know that at some point somehow some way in that day I'm gonna maneuver my way over to them so we can have a conversation Okay. But that goes from a place that comes from a place of staying in a, a mode of being uncomfortable. <laughs> Have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like for what we do, especially with the talking portion of it, you know, I look at individuals that become full of themselves. And a lot of it's because they, they get that silo mentality. They think they're the one. They think they're the best person in the room. And they, they, they're the ones that usually put themselves off to the corner and make people come to them instead of going to people. Only way you're going to stay humble, the only way you're going to uh, basically tighten that craft up, sharpen that craft up, is making sure that you continuously put yourself in a position where you have to use it. And that's what it really comes down to. Again, if you're saying that, you know, you live in a dream and you're not happy, really take some time out to figure out what is it going to take? What does happiness even look like? Because when you have conversations, they don't even know. You say, what does a happy look like to you? Oh, well, you know, I'm like, okay. I can focus on... Right. We can focus on the good and the good is just making sure you got the basics. Happy is what's beyond that. It it takes work. It does, man. But you're just shooting in the dark if you don't know. If you say, well, happiness is to me, and then what you find out is when you say, well, to me, happiness is this. But once you arrive at it, then you can say to yourself, you know what? I thought that this was be- would be it. So maybe I just need to sharpen what I think. Because if happiness is getting a pair of $200 J's, you know, that that ain't gonna last long. Now, some of us yeah. could say to you, ooh, man, that would, I'm telling you right now, that ain't gonna work. But to me, I need to figure that out. And once I figure that out, then I can sharpen it for, 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 for myself, man. You know, man, that's something. But I'm glad, I'm grateful that you said that, man, because now it's not like, now you can't write it off as this is a natural gift he has. And that's what people always do. They talk themselves out of stuff. (laughs) Oh, no, you know what? Uh, He just, he was just born with that natural gift. I don't have it. And that's just, that's not me. And no, some of these things, some things you do naturally. There's some things that I may do that you don't do naturally. But then there's some things that you do naturally that I don't. But those things I have to embrace, you know, again, you just can't stay on what you're good at. There's no growth in just doing what you're good at. You gotta find the things that you're not so good at. You know, you know, rather be your insecurity, you know, what keeps me from walking into a room. You know, I can get I can get funny. I, you know, I walk into a room and say, you know, I ain't talking to nobody. I put both my earplugs <laughs> in and sit there. I'm like, I'm not talking to nobody. You know, I'm good. And some of that comes from I'm insecure. I feel like I don't want to be found out. Uh, I don't want to get into conversation, and I, and I, we and it becomes absolutely obvious what I do not know. And you get what I'm saying? Or I beat right. myself up. You deal with that stuff. Man. Embrace embrace the challenges that are set before you. As long as you as long as you try and skate around them, you'll be weak. The moment you embrace those challenges, that's where your strength lies. You know, coming stepping out of your comfort zone. You in that room, you don't want to talk to nobody, force yourself. And then, uh-huh. you know, a lot of times it comes back to God will send people in your pathway. Just be receptive. <laughs> Just be receptive of it. <laughs> For real. You know, yeah, and even the person, in that that you want. Yeah. The, the person that, that you don't have that you don't like. Um, I got a question for you. Is there somebody that you can think of right now that you do not like? Just uh, flat out, just don't like. Just, just like them or just like, I, just, I find people that I don't like something about them. Yeah, it's, it's like you just don't like them. The reason why I ask this is a lot of times when we can identify a person that we don't like, okay, 
that's our they're, they're like our our dumbbell they're our weight that's that okay. person's going to make you stronger so that's yep. the person you don't you don't want to avoid you want if anything you really want to make sure that you 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 know hold court with them as much as possible because in a lot of situations when it's truly revealed why you don't like that person it's because it's something about them that you've got going on inside of yourself that's a hard pill to swallow oh man um, but to and to even but you got to spend some time so that can unfold for you yeah to under, exactly to understand it you know what i mean there's a guy there's a guy that i was working with man you know you run into people you when you're well i can say this you know that's true when you look back and you look on your life and you say who have i been forced to work with that i did not like but i was forced to work with them and you learned something and grew from it yeah you i can see what i can see that as well you know even if it becomes eye-opening and makes you change how you view life you know what i mean they say okay well i, I by example i work with a guy who was supposed to be training me and he just outright refused to train me for the next level job and i was so angry at him and uh i really was gonna jack him up i, I really <laughs> wanted to i really wanted to uh, but i was so angry that he wouldn't train me man and he kept saying to me man well if you want to get it you're gonna have to i can't teach you that i, I can't spend my time teaching you this when you should know this i'm like how do you assume i'm supposed to know this it's your job so but he kept saying well if you want to get it you you're gonna have to get it so every time he say that i'd get up from i'd get up from the training session i'd go down the hall and find somebody else who trained me how to do it so everything he would he would refuse to train me i would go down the hall and find somebody else to train me and so it taught me something is what i'm saying it taught me that that he was absolutely right man he pushed me. I hated him, but he pushed me to to get off my butt and not let anybody, even the person who refuses to train you, go train yourself. You, me, Ben, and so many other people have that one thing in common, man. We didn't go the traditional route, man, but we were hell bent on learning how to train and teach ourselves what we did not know. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever I didn't know, okay. Well, and then I'll go down the hall just say, okay, oh, I see. Once I got it, once I stopped being mad because he wouldn't do it, because I felt he owed me that right. But once, once I got over that and said, okay, I get it, I start going myself. I start, start finding people in myself that can help me. Hey, can you open in my mouth? And uh, it, because this ain't his dream, this is my dream, man. Exactly. I said I wanted to move to California. He didn't. I said, I'm the one sitting over here saying, I need more money if I'm going to survive out here. Not him. So it's my dream, man. But what about what about taking ownership of your dream, man? You say it's your dream. It's so yours. Who's, who's responsible? What I'm it's yours. The cultivation of it is yours. I look at like your dreams like a baby. And in order to get to it, you really have to nourish it. That means you're going to have to put in some study time. You can't put in eight for an employer a day and then come home and put in nothing for yourself. Um, unfortunately, you know, the American dream right now is one of those where we just seek comfort. In this pursuit of your dreams, you have to be uncomfortable. And you have folks who are like, okay, well, who's he to tell me, you know, that, you know, this is the way. I'm, I'm not saying this is the way. I'm saying that this is what I've observed from those that have chased their dreams and made them goals and then became lifestyles. And then I'm a person that's in living in the lifestyle from the dreams I've chased. <laughs> I'm not gonna say nothing about something I, I, I don't do or I haven't done. Oh, no, we're not here to say that, right? I can't tell yeah. you nothing but what I know. And I can tell you that it's not easy. I can tell you you're gonna shed some tears. I can uh, tell you you're gonna have some opposition. I can tell you it's gonna be an uphill battle. But I also can tell you out of all of that, you got some setbacks. People that you thought were gonna be with you are not with you. People are gonna lie yeah. to you, hurt you. They're gonna get your feelings hurt, your heart broke. I can tell you all of that bad is in that path somehow, some way. But I also can equally and just as much confidently tell you that man, you're gonna be a better person. You're gonna love yourself more and you're gonna be so proud of yourself and so much more happier. The rewards are so sweet. It is, man. So because you, man, you know, if you go back it's and listen yours. to, the, if you go look, go look back, listen to the podcast prior to this one. And Ben's Ben's birthday is today, and so I had him on the podcast for the first time 
last night is so okay. funny because he's talking about getting out of your comfort zone and staying out of your comfort zone. And we are rehearsing the very same thing we're talking about now, the com- how comfortable we were getting out of how uncomfortable it was to leave the comfort zones of home and to go to a brand new place where everybody knew you at home, but you moved to a brand new place where nobody knew you. I remember I told you once I got into California, I, I was at that point of no return. That's yeah. what made me real nervous where it's like, wait a minute, I'm 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 this far out. Ain't no turning back now. It Man, costs I too wish, much. <laughs> I, I wish you I wish you would take a moment. Uh, because we discussed this thing about when you leave a place and I talked about the, the trouble in in I talked about me feeling the the need to represent uh Midwest culture uh in and I'm in a West Coast setting as if it was my re- stage G. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me about that, man. You know, so, you get what I'm saying? Then? Go yeah. Ahead. All right. For me, <laughs> I view it like this: the world is my home. I was uh, I was raised in Indiana, you know, city of Gary, but I owe the city of Gary no obligation at all. As I go and as I move around, I am a student of life and a student of this world. So what, no matter what environment I go to, what city I go to, I'm me. I don't have to rep. And, and once you learn that, I learned that from a young age because we moved from Gary to Nashville, Tennessee. I experienced culture shock and I got in a lot of trouble trying to quote unquote rep my city. And it didn't make sense to do that in a place that that's, it's not there. The issues that take place back home aren't issues where I'm at now. There weren't issues when I moved to Nashville. You know, uh, pretty much folks got along. School dynamic changed and everything. So it's almost like you're the guy, and we always talk about, you know, the old guy in the club. The old yeah. guy in the club is the one that, you know, he was popping in the 70s. That was his scene. But now, it's 2022, and he's still in the club wearing a butterfly collar shirt, polyester pants. And, right. and now folks are making fun of him because they like, yo, what is he doing? Loose and literally, in his front pocket. yep. And literally, when I went to California, uh-huh. <laughs> I was sitting up there, I'm dressed like I'm going to interview, you know, in the Midwest. And they're like, oh my goodness, you're so overdressed. Guy told me on one interview, he said, yeah, if we offer you this job, I'm gonna tell you now, don't dress like that. We dress down here. <laughs> He's like, we like to be comfortable. He said, we don't want things changed either, so don't come in dressed like that. Right, right, it, right. <laughs> it threw me. But again, you know, when in Rome, you have to do what the Romans do. <laughs> you must understand. You see, again, this is a worthy conversation, man, because because you, you find people who say, you know, they, 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 they speak as though they're, you know, like how I'm repping my city, dog. When I came, when I moved, I was like, man, yeah, I, what I can't stand about California, one of the things that stuck out was, I'm like, man, I can't stand these suits y'all wear, man. These tight suits, and uh, and and y'all wear ugly shoes. Are uh, you talking about the European cut suits? Yeah, the European <laughs> cut shoes and and the suits, and I could not stand the shoes. I'm like, these are not dress shoes, sir. These are casual. And then when I went on the job, I noticed that the guys that worked upstairs, the executive, they they would wear the shirts tucked in with the khakis. And I'm like, and that was their, that was their business casual is what they had. Now here I am with my church suit. You know, I got my church on, church suit on, and I'm sharp. I know I'm sharp, and I'm like, but it's like, you, it's, you could be faithful to it. I remember you were telling me about, you, you know, everywhere you go, there's always like, hey, let's get together, have a Gary picnic, and let's get together and. Gary people over here and all that. And it's nothing wrong with getting together people where you come from and do some level of reminiscence. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying not to do that. What we are saying, if that mentality keeps you to the place where all of a sudden, because you come from a place that's uh, 98% African-American, you know, and, and segregated, that you have exactly. to keep this same until now you come out here hating, hating white people. 
you, you know what I mean, and thinking you're better than other people, man, you're going to be into to a culture shock and it's going to make you difficult to be around other people because this world is so much bigger. It wasn't until I moved away, bro, that I truly recognized and it was accepted the fact that I came from a small town. Right. Small town, uh, Mayberry. And, it, Mayberry, and, it's, and it's okay. It's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not a dig on you. It's not, to say that it's not bad. And that's the thing. You can't be so, you can't have that um, uh, Napoleon disease. Is it Napoleon? Not Napoleon. Whoever that is. That you have that small man's disease where yeah, Napoleon. everything, you, okay, you're mad because everybody calls you little. So now you wear big shoes, big jewelry, big colors. <laughs> you, you got the biggest truck in the doggone city. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you got to do everything. Big hats, big shoes, big you gotta talk big and you because you're insecure about who you're no, because you and you don't have to buy into the stereotype of small city means we dumb stupid don't know nothing and haven't experienced no it doesn't mean that it just means that that's where i come from you know and these are some things, nuances about it but when i go somewhere else i have to open up if i want a bigger dream connected to what we talk about i gotta open up man because my dream cannot just was that a dollar somebody dropped a dollar <laughs> My dream can, for real, man. The dude went and picked it up too. Some fellas, I'm gonna pick it up. He's looking at it, walk past. I'll go right to him and get it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, somebody throwing money out there. Yeah. So, all oh, these these dudes up here, they probably got them on the podcast. <laughs> Some dudes up in like the 12th floor throwing money out the window. Uh. But yeah, man, but you have you have to, you gotta lean into open up and accept. You can't do it by like you're forced and mad to do it. You gotta open up. Right now I'm downtown, I'm on I'm on Fifth Street, downtown San Diego, on the main street, standing right here on the corner. We've been doing this broadcast the whole time. How did I get here? Richard Wilford has not always been this person, bro. I was afraid to come down. I was afraid to do traffic and I embraced all of it fears that everybody said about California, the traffic, the earthquakes, the price uh, of gas, price cost of, of gas, cost of living, uh, the economy was too bad, you're not going to find a job. You get what I'm saying? I, I, I was in all of that, man. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But man, thank God. Thank God. I wish I could shit out. I wish I could videotape. These, these dudes are throwing, throwing money out the window. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, you 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 battle with all that, man. But it, you, you took the leap, took the time to uh, embrace it and overcome it. Yeah, throw the big bills. Huh? Throw no ones. Really, this ain't stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, um, so let's do it, man. Uh, I, give me some encouraging words in closing, man. Um, again, like always, you gotta this is uh -huh. this is your dream. This is your life. Take ownership of it. Embrace it. Um, go as hard as you would go for your employer. Go as hard as you would go for your spouse, your kids. You know, you deserve it. Your better is on the other side of it. Bro. And yeah. Can you hear oh, me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go. Uh-huh. Yeah, your better's on the other side of it. Um, you know, if you do not go through with it, are you willing to live with the consequences? And that's what it really comes down to. That's it. Are you willing to live with the consequences? Yeah. Are you, you live, with live with it? That's it. That's it, bro. Hey, man, I love you, man. So love you too. Man. You. Always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, stay away from hotels that they throw money out the windows. <laughs> Hey, let me. He said they went to the strip club last night. You might not want to touch them dollars. That's what he said. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you this, man. Uh, I want to I want to say this. Then you chime in, man. People say, "Oh, I'm living the dream." If you ask a person who says they're living the dream, most times, if if I asked you, most times, if I said, "Are you living the dream?" and what that dream looks like, I promise you, it will not involve. It will not include what the general person think you would include. So let me ask you, if your dream is lived out, what would it look like? 
Uh, I will say I am living the life that I picture for myself. When I got in that park, when I sat down in that park and I started going through the details of how I wanted things to be, you know, who I wanted in my, in my, in my circle, who I didn't want in my circle. That, what I envisioned, that's what I started working towards. So it was like, and I know we plan on talking about this another time, embracing the insanity of me. I literally took the time to picture something in my head and come up with how I wanted my life to be. And that's where I'm at today. So I encourage anybody that that's that wants to figure out or that that's having a hard time just getting started of like what do I do? Start with some self discovery and, and some time for self reflection to really figure out map this thing out. What does it look like? It'd be a beautiful thing if you take your time. Absolutely, man. It doesn't involve not gonna involve a certain car, a certain house, it's gonna concern jewelry around my neck and things that are temporary man most times it'll be peace it'll involve peace joy it'll, it'll it'll involve the opportunity to be able to give to help others it'll be some you know what i mean it'll be something profitable and productive yeah. that that we're giving into the lives of someone that's where that's that's what you call the dream man to be able to help make a difference i used to always say man my golden dream is to be able to make a difference in somebody else's life man you know what i'm saying yeah that, that's what it's about man that's what it's about, to be to make a difference in somebody, to be used by God, to make a difference. It's, I don't know anything that gives more pleasure, more satisfaction and joy than than than, the, than to know that I am living in a way that makes a difference in somebody else's life. Right. Man. Bro, I love you, man. Hey, Ben's birthday is today, man. Give me a shout, man. Most definitely will do, man. I love you, too. All right, man. And thank this you, like always. Man, come on, man. You know we're going to do this, man. We've been doing this we've talked about and dreamed about just being in this space man you know now once they give us five million dollars 25 million dollars to do it, they give us some joe joe rogan money to do it we we really gonna be okay but it won't be about the money it'll be more about it'll be it'll be more about uh the people that have helped yeah the freedom and the opportunity and the ability to be able to help more people in more ways man put some things out we really can make a difference and not just talk about it so man, listen, I'm pushing on, man. I'm finna go do these uh, miles down this uh, road, man. But uh, man, keep up the great work. I'm super proud of you, bro. All right, thank you, sir. You take care. Right. Okay, man. Peace.